Hello and welcome to Just Radio. We are a casual radio station where we broadcast when we have something to say. Just stands for getting the shit together, and we broadcast important interviews and information for artists and creators of all kinds. For more information on Just, please log into our website at www.gyst-ink.com, where you will find free resources, software, and publications for artists. You can email to let us know what you would like to hear about at info at gyst-ink.com. Thanks for tuning in. Hello, listeners. Thanks for tuning in with Just Do It. I'm your host, Kara Tomei. What I do on this podcast is seek out artists who have hybridized their careers to include some form of innovative programming that engages the public. So be that through an artist collaborative, an ongoing formalized project, a nonprofit entity, whatever form it takes, we here at Just Inc. want to support and champion artists who have diversified their practice to include ways of gauging, engaging an audience. And the goal of Just Do It and Just Radio is to give these motivated people a forum to share their experiences so they can inspire others to do the same. So today I have with me Leonardo Bravo, the founder of Big City Forum, or BCF as we can call it. BCF is an interdisciplinary project that encourages cross-disciplinary explorations and exchanges between various creative disciplines. Leonardo founded it in 2008. He's an artist, educator, activist, and through various means, symposiums, forums, exhibitions, special events held all over the city of Los Angeles, over eight years of programming. It's very uh, impressive. The project is ambitious, accomplished, layered, and I want to unpack some of this with uh, Leonardo, who I'm going to welcome to Just Do It. Hello, Leonardo. Hi, Cara. Great to be here. Oh, good. I'm glad, you, <laughs> I'm glad you're with me. I'm glad you're with me because I'm so um, uh, taken with the project. I, um, As you know, I only just discovered you um, a mm-hmm. few months ago when I noticed on uh, through Facebook promotion um, – uh, marketing for your programs in Pacoima, your workshops called Talleres Públicos, which is public mm-hmm. workshops in Spanish. And mm-hmm. um, I was intrigued. I came to one, which was fabulous. I want to kind of um, not dive into that yet, um, but just to say that I wish I knew about you sooner. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah, because, you know, you've been doing amazing programs uh, that are very unique in their approach and their scope. And uh, yeah, I would have been a fan earlier. So there's a lot to talk about because (laughs) of your ambitious and uh, the list goes on and on of the kinds of things you've been doing. But let's kind of let's start ground us here by introducing yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself as an artist and into then work into your motivation for starting such a project like this. Sure. And uh, just to let you know, I'm in my office. If you hear any sort of background noise, it's a little bit part of the office day to day here. Um, <laughs> but yeah, show, well, so. <laughs> so I started, I mean, the thinking for Big City Forum started around 2008. Actual programming started in 2009. Um, a lot of the, t- or the, the drive for me was that my my background, I trained as an artist. I got my MFA as an artist and painter uh, from USC. 
Um, but part of my work, my career work, has always been around arts education. And through the years, I've gotten more and more involved in terms of looking at the issues around public education, uh, looking at issues around school reform. And I mention that because a lot of the work that I've done in schools and in school systems has been about uh, working with administrators and, and staff and faculty in ways to create uh, open space for dialogue. Um, because as you work in public schools, you realize that there are so many systemic issues that need to be addressed, but a lot of times has to do with opening up space for communication and dialogue and for people to see other perspectives. So that, that's always been something that's, that's been a main driver, a main interest of mine. And as I started to think about sort of diving back into this area of contemporary art, um, design, and architecture, um, I really drew from my experiences in public schools to say, I just want to shape a space, a, a moment in which there can be a dialogue about um, practices and disciplines that have a relationship or have an interest in terms of social impact and um, and the built environment and public space. Um, so all of those ideas were in my headspace in terms of trying to see how rather than, than curating another project, rather than engaging or commissioning artists uh, to do a project, I wanted to simply sort of open up the room, create that space, and get people talking together and presenting their work. Um, so that that was the main piece. Uh, the other piece that I find has been more and more of a um, of a sort of a connective tissue or a piece that connects back to my childhood is the fact that I was born and grew up in Chile. And uh, as a young kid, I was very much in, in the midst of a, of a social uh, revolution in a way um, that was very much about collective engagement, social and collective engagement. And my parents were very involved in that, were very involved in those ideas. So as a kid, I was very drawn to this idea of collective participation, uh, what it means to exist in a space such as the commons, and what it means to to develop agency and sort of ownership and, and power uh, for people who, have, who haven't had a voice. Um, so I think all of that got cemented very early, and it's uh, some of the pieces that I think began to register as I've done my work in public schools and looked at issues around, around issues such as equity, lack of access, um, poverty, and so on and so forth. I don't know if that's a long-winded that, answer. <laughs> well, it is, but it's fine because that what you, you've articulated, you know, your motivations, which have turned into programming. Everything you said has turned into, well, I'll call it programming as right. a word, which includes dialogue. And what I love what you said, what I really was drawn to, I kind of zeroed in when you said that you wanted to create dialogue. Right. What, but what's great? But that dialogue then becomes the thing. Yeah. So, so yeah. the dialogue that is created verbally, uh, visually, uh, you know, art making, but even that ver that the verbal dialogue is the most important factor, and it becomes a concrete thing, a concrete result. Right. Yeah. And that yeah. is really, um, I think that's that's really amazing. That that. I love that we're framing it that way and that you framed it that way and moved through this project with your voluminous, uh, you know, programming and the countless uh, dialogues that you have, you, you know, brought into the public. And then the public comes and gets to engage in it. And you're really creating a very a forward thinking 
uh, thing <laughs> in, in Los yeah. Angeles. I think that's great. Yeah, and I, and I think you've, you've really, really sort of nailed it because as I've seen, I mean, as I think about the work I've done with, with teachers and faculties, I mean, that's, you know, being in a room of about 30 people and everyone having a different perspective or an issue and how to get to consensus or how to get to a shared understanding that everyone has a role to play. So I find that an incredible transformative experience because it's about letting go of certain assumptions, letting go of certain dispositions and kind of getting to a place of clear, clearing, actual like a clearing, um, which can be of the ego, it can be emotional. It can be intellectual, um, many, many different levels. Um, so I find that in the space of Big City Forum and the dialogues have you know, been almost like this research mode to where the project. But I do find that as, as a participatory practice, that there is a transformative place, that there are, you know, people do walk away uh, with a certain sense of something has happened, something has shifted in the room. And um, and it's a powerful thing to kind of harness and to hold and to see. Um, the other piece that I'm drawn to is that this voluminous, you know, programming is definitely um, based on my own curiosity about many of the practices that I see out there and and um, that I'm that I'm sort of drawn to. Um, at the same time, what I l- like about it is that I, I, you know, I have a I have a love for bringing people together, for connecting people. But I also like the fact that in a, in a way, it's not me always up front and center. It's creating the situation, the environment, the the sort of the 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 tone of the 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 moment, and then kind of stepping back for for that dialogue to happen. You know. Well, that's of. the curating part. I mean, curating, yeah. you know, is a yeah. broad word, and I think that uh, we know that that word now is, is so broad, and it's used for everything uh-huh. now. <laughs> but right. like, but yeah, but you are curating those uh, that open space, that dialogue. Yeah, um, yeah it's uh, let, let's talk about programming because we're talking about what the goals of it are, but let's talk specifics so that our audience can understand how it actually happens. You know, in the community, um, I know of your programming uh, really starting in more like in 2012 only because mm-hmm. I got this wonderful book that the Armory Arts Center published mm-hmm. of your residency there but before we skip to 2012 can you tell me a little bit about the arc of programming from 2008 to that point not listing every single one but how did you start I mean what were your first programs and a little bit moving through the early years sure um you know, I think if, the very first first couple of years, it was very much of a nomadic approach and really based on when I had the time, when I had the interest, when I was able to get um, somebody to donate a space and donate the time uh, for it to happen. So it, it sort of jumped all around the city. Um, I had a little bit of a relationship with Honor Fraser Gallery, which allowed me to kind of host the, the project there for, you know, a few months. Um, I also did some things at the Santa Monica Art Museum the Neutra House in, in Silver Lake, and many other sites, cultural sites, uh, galleries, you know, art and design and architecture sites. Um, what was great is that, in a way, I, I felt like people were kind of following the project and seeing where it went. Uh, it was interesting to also to see, you know, a city as broad as L.A., what you know, what what an audience from the west side would be as well as an audience from the east side and how people kind of tend to stay within their, their boundaries a lot of times. Right. Um, but it, it yeah, was gone all it, over the city of Los Angeles. Yeah. So your programming has gone. I mean, every, it seems like you know every not every, but you know certainly very nomadic. But I like that you're doing that in order to engage different uh, 
types of communities and then also Absolutely. trying to bring others to that community. Absolutely. And, yeah. you know, I think one of the key influences, too, is that over, I'd say, around the mid-2000s, I got very interested in, in architectural practice, uh, design practice. And I think my logic around that was that these are practices that are very much based around thinking about public space, thinking about the built environment, thinking about issues as how how people interact on a day-to-day basis and, and how we maybe sometimes travel through space, how we deal with space, how we we reshape space. Um, so that's the nexus of the project I really see around design and architecture because I was, I was drawing from practitioners that were sort of focused. The focal point was around those practices um, and how maybe those practices themselves were being redefined in terms of opening up the room to what, how, how we think architects function. And that yes. it's not just the conception of a building or that outcome. It's the way in which architects, urban planners, designers think about how we as a human body, as a, as in our intellectual capacities and in our thought capacities, engage with public space, which is the one thing that we have to deal with on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> I'm so, impressed with the broadness of your um, bringing different, you know, metier together, let's say. I mean, I, I think that just look Looking at some of the panels, again, I'm kind of referring to this Armory book because it's, mm-hmm. it lists all of the panels that were there. I mean, you will have a panel with an artist, an activist, a scholar, an architect, an urban planner, and, and mm-hmm. a musician, and a writer, you know, and all, all bringing together. And I think that that you're on the, the certainly on the wave, and I think a big part of the wave of mm-hmm. um, the creative community in Los Angeles, broadening, like you said, breaking down those barriers in a way of different disciplines that they're all right. crossing with each other. And when you're talking about anything having to do with so, the social, you're going to have that, those elements of the built environment, the people, yep. the audience, the, you know, artists, et cetera, et cetera. So you're bringing, you're bringing that together in such a um, concrete way to have people together dialoguing about it. I mean, in the beginning, did you just think of themes that were of interest to you and, and bring people together and, and dialogue about them? Yeah, things. yeah. I mean, a, a lot of it was just beginning to notice what some, uh, you know, architects were doing. Uh, friends of mine. I remember the, f- you know, the first one uh, that I did. The very first official one was at the Echo Park Film Center. I think it was February or March of 2009, and um, it featured Stephanie Smith, who had come up with a project called Echo Shack, and she's a, you know, she's a uh, trained architect. And then the folks who had started materials and applications in Silver Lake, who were using a site to really, you know, invite architects to expand their practice. So um, I was, you know, in that sense, I was doing my research, uh, my own research. I was getting very drawn to to folks that were kind of, again, straddling this this sort of broader definition of what design-based approaches were. Um, But also, I think I brought my, my own particular, you know, lens of contemporary art and critical theory, um, to, because the the other thing that that I think has resonated throughout is that I'm interested in approaches that take somewhat of a critical stance or critical response to what is happening socially. You know, right. I'm, I've always been drawn to practitioners, no matter who they are. You know, be they, you know, be it a writer, an artist, uh, an architect, mm-hmm. a photographer, but somebody who responds to the social conditions that are around us and and takes a you know a critical response to that. So. I think no matter what, that that's been to me the main thread. So when I jump, you know, if I think about the the project in at the Armory, which was a you know city of hope, city of resistance, 
I was, you know, to me that that was defining these two tent poles about the themes that have been woven through Big City Forum, which has been an optimism and a hope of how we can collectively find solutions. <laughs> and then the right. other piece is how we take a critical stance and we take, you know, a sense of resistance about things that are not, you know, things that we, issues and problems that we see on a day-to-day basis. And, well, and especially, yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Let's get specific again because um, I, I love the abstract. The talking about the abstract um, is is really actually quite inspiring. But again, let's get ha- into how uh-huh. it translated into real programs because I think that's also the fun of it. Um, can we just let's just jump then to the residency the Army Center since kind of I'm more familiar with that in terms of um, having this this book here and just tell me first how that came to, to be I mean just interesting that you that you and your um, well I mean actually a little segue do you or a little aside note the big city forum is do you consider it is it an organization I'm just curious what you name it is it your uh, pra- I know it's your practice but is, what is it yeah you know when you when your residency was there, was it for it was for Big City Forum, which is you, but with a lot of collaborators. I mean, right, right, maybe, yeah. Maybe, I mean, maybe it's, naming it's, it is it's, too, it's an army. Yeah, it's an army of me, and it's an, yeah, army, an army of many. I mean, maybe uh, I'm trying too hard to you know put a name to it, but I just think it's interesting in terms of how you because you really have formalized this you know as, as an entity, and now it's eight years long. So, did you as an artist with a collective, you know, apply to the Armory Art Center for a residency, or how did that come to be, and how, uh, you did, know, you, how did you approach it? I mean, you know, I, I think part of the thing that appealed to me initially was this sort of sense of nimbleness, this this kind of approach, which is like the Swiss Army approach, you know, like that the project, you know, because a lot of people were asking me, well, what is it? Is it, you know, is it an education thing? Is it a community thing? Is it an arts thing? It's like, you know, and I go, it's, it's just, it's evolving. It's multifaceted. It has different pathways. It has, you know, and to me, I always wanted this Ellis play in in the context. I mean, play with ideas, but the contingent upon the context or the situation. So, Mm-hmm. So for example, better not to give it a specific. Yeah, and you restrict it. And I felt that you know, the, creating a space for dialogue that created a, a that that sort of set a very kind of broad sandbox right. for me to say, okay, right. it's conversations, it's dialogues, it's symposiums, and it can build right. from there. You know, the project at the Armory, City of Hope, City of Resistance, became more what I started to call a hybrid curatorial model because we basically activated and I say we because I had a lot of collaborators um uh, but conceptually it's you know it's always been my piece really I mean I mm-hmm. I, I own up to that um As you know <laughs> we activated you know the entire upper mezzanine gallery spaces of of the armory for at least 6 to 8 months you know and so there was a lot of programming in terms of uh you know, conversations, panels, uh, actual shows, you know, curatorial right, shows. Right, it said in the, it said <clears throat> in the book, 48 panels, right. meetings, gatherings, screenings, events, exhibits, yep. on-site programming, off-site programming, yeah. performances, the list probably goes on. <laughs> and and <laughs> the great lot. thing about that is that, you know, that was a formal relationship that I formed with Irene Tatsos at the at the Armory, which allowed me to have the kind of leverage and the weight, the institutional kind of sh- – weight 
to be able to kind of get into that level of programming, that level of kind of more long-term um, occupancy, I would say, of a right. space. You know, so that that really kind of shifted the model a little bit for me to say, you know, it doesn't have to be nomadic. It doesn't have to be always on its feet. It can be, it can still be this nimble thing, but it can sort of un, un, unfurl, unfold over time, you know, and, and develop a different tone. Um, right, and how you, and then what you did, as I understand it, what you did is you basically gave uh, yourself different topics w- under which you did different kinds of um, things. Like, for instance, mapping L.A. was one of your um, right. topics. And under that, yeah. you did a couple of different things. I'm just going to kind of flip through the catalog to give yeah, the audience please. a sense of what I'm talking about. I'm going to mm-hmm. kind of flip through it and like just like name out some things. Because mm-hmm. even just naming the panels and things, yeah. I think it'll get, it'll get a, a kind of concrete. So under mapping L.A., you did some panels. Uh, one was Fast Forward, Los Angeles on the Verge with several different people. Um, mm-hmm. Socially engaged aesthetics was another panel that you did and under that topic. Design-based thinking, photographing LA, and then another topic was transforming the social and interesting panels like mu- music as urbanism, uh, right. design by deferral, uh, what I talk about when I talk about community, another one, architecture, complexity, and generosity, uh, shifting space, shifting place. So those were all panels that happened under these different themes. And then I'm flipping through to different uh, pictures of exhibitions that you had upstairs, uh, print culture, print culture, criticality, and criti- ooh, print culture, criticality, mm-hmm. that's a, a, a <laughs> word, and engagement. Uh, you had, let's see, I mean, I, I'm, I just, I'm just going to list some more because they're just so interesting. An exhibition called Willowbrook is the office hours thing that you mentioned, a group exhibition called attunement with dozens of artists. I mean, this is so, Oh, here's okay. Then public programming off fallen fruit did something in the Metro. Uh, Jeff Kane, a public art event at a Memorial park in Pasadena called what can you build with a house? Um, let's see. I mean, there's more, there's more and more and more and more and more. And, more, more, and more. then, you know, <laughs> so like I could, dense. I could, I you know, know highlight, <laughs> I mean, I can highlight a project, you know, the exhibition that, that we did around, around Willowbrook is, which was a project that a designer artist, Rostin Wu, uh, created as a research-based approach to the community in Willowbrook, which is this, um, you know, sort of South LA community um, that sort of exists in this gap between, um, so I would say Watts and Compton and uh, you know other places. Um, but what he did it was very much an urban research project. He interviewed uh, residents and community members. He collaborated with photographer Elise Amdour to create a whole series of portraits and interviews and, and uh, materials based on the interviews. And then he put together, they published a book. This was all uh, supported by the LA County Arts Commission. They, they published a book called Willowbrook Is. So what we did is that we took a lot of the materials that they weren't necessarily art, arts materials that Rostin had used. I mean, he had created some banners and billboards to invite people to have these town hall sessions and to invite people to do surveys and to be interviewed. So we we showed the materiality of the project itself, what it means to do sort of an urban research project. And again, expanding this notion is like this, this kind of social engagement is exactly the kind of practices that we're looking at in terms of how do we re- redefine the work of how creatives engaged 
with communities. You know, a lot of times these are communities in need. You know, uh, Willowbrook is definitely an underserved community. So I was interested in the practice itself, but I was interested in the approach that he took in terms of a, a very, you know, this notion of kind of indexing this community, you know, resourcing materials, uh, resources, information, stories, and sharing those stories. Um, on the other gallery, I had the work of a an architecture collective called Claret, Claret Cup. Um, it's two architects working together. And again, they use this notion of mapping as a way to engage the public. And they have done these mapping practices in which they take a zip code or an area in, in Los Angeles and very much invite neighborhood members and community members to basically break bread together, have tea together, and begin to understand what's happening in their zip code and begin to map map that out. So part of the work in the other gallery was, again, this notion of how do we engage communities? How do we get communities to make meaning of place, of their places? How do we use strategies, you know, that urban researchers and, and planners have used for years in terms of beginning to identify and, and put put a point on on, the, on these places? And did you, would, would you say that this overall, uh, this, this kind of an overall catchphrase for this kind of work would be social practice work? I think, yeah, I, I think, yeah, I think I overall, think, yeah. Yeah, that's a term that, like, you know, now social practice is now been, you know, codified as mm-hmm. a, as a thing. You, you know, if you ask an artist, what do you do? Someone might say, I'm a painter, I'm a sculptor, and someone might say, I'm a social practice artist. And I think that oftentimes... I mean, I think that now we're, artists are defining what that is, but it sounds to me like anyone who's, curi- who's been curious about, well, wait a minute, what, what does it mean to be a social practice artist? Well, Rostin Wu's project certainly fits that, that under that, uh, you know, place right. because he's engaging all of those layers of community. And that is, that is, that's just such a powerful thing that's, that it's that social practice and artists engaging in this way and what you're doing has become something very, uh, um, Respected, you know, and 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 there's even degrees now in social practice, actually. Right. In yeah. in, in you know in schools, I think is um, an incredible step. It's just a wonderful thing to kind of see that. Like I don't, I I went to Cal Arts, you know, many many, that was a couple <laughs> decades ago. <laughs> and yeah. There and that was not this kind of work was not in the air and and being done as much back then, really. So um, at least from my perspective, Mm -hmm. and I think that's just in the last 20 and definitely 10 years and even very much recently, I just see it kind of exploding as something very valued and, and supported, funded. And then speaking of funding, I do want to go over to that subject Mm -hmm. for a minute uh, in a minute, because uh, I try to, with this show, I do try to give people an understanding of what it takes to do something like you're doing, you know, even from the nitty gritty of like, how is it formalized? Is it formalized? Mm-hmm. Do I have to formalize it? Maybe you do, maybe you don't, you know, and, and then how is it funded? And and for your project, I think I want to understand how you started to get funding such as, and now all the way to LA Arts Commission. I mean, that's like very right. solid institutionalized funding for it, for a project that started very organically and moved mm-hmm. into that. Can we go there for a second? Absolutely. To that subject? Okay. So the question is kind of, you know, how and when did you formalize it to a point of, you know, I need some funding, and where can I get that funding, and I can apply for grants, and then kind of receiving those, and now you do receive pretty good money, I think. For, for what you're doing, uh, which you should. Well, so, yeah, I mean, part of all this has to do with the initial impulse, which was this nomadic approach and trying to keep the project nimble and loose and right. 
And, um, you know, and as always, basically it was my effort, you know, it was a lot of, I mean, it, you know, it takes an incredible amount of time. I mean, just thinking time and research time to kind of curate, uh, connect with institutions, all that. So for many years, I mean, three to four years, it was really a labor of love. Everyone labor donated of love. Yep, their that's time. How, Everyone, that's how most of these yeah. great things start, yeah. <laughs> which means you um, can never be it, compensated for, for really all that effort. But it, but then, <laughs> you you know, then you move on and try to get, get that uh, support. So. Right. And it wasn't until the project at the Armory, which was funded by the NEA, the National Endowment for the Arts, which, you know, I basically wrote the core, you know, the core concept of this grant um, was when I realized, wow, okay, these ideas, you know, they resonate and Mm -hmm. there can be a way to create a funding stream or support or resources in order to sustain it because i think up until that point i began to feel like okay i can't keep this i can't keep this you know going like this unless there's there's some kind of resources some type of support structure that that's built around it so and i think right around the end of my in the project at the armory the pasadena arts council approached me uh to be part of their fiscal sponsorship program which is called emerge so it's an umbrella tent you know where i don't currently have a nonprofit you know designation but through them through their nonprofit entity they can they can absorb and basically be my financial manager as the project continues to grow and then as i sort of make decisions in terms of do i maintain it as a as a you know as a sole entity or do do i make it into a nonprofit so what's been great is that in that sense they manage the funds that are being able to generate it that are being generated by the project and just this last year alone, I think, you know, all of this has really kind of built momentum because at the beginning of the year, uh, Big City Forum received a grant. It was one of the first grants, which is called a Creative Economic Development Fund, which was mm-hmm. kickstarted by the Department of Cultural Affairs and uh, the Center for Cultural Institution uh, with support from the uh, the CERNA Foundation. And then the other grant that I got, you know, these are small grants, but it, it all begins to add up, was <laughs> was a grant from the LA 2050, uh, the Goldhurst yep. Foundation, uh, to do a series of conversations around that. So, um, right, so, so, so all you're of finding that, uh, whatever sources you can now, and, right. and now that you are an entity, which and this, this, you know, the fiscal sponsorship and the, the Emerge program is just such a wonderful option for people who are along these lines of, don't want to be a formal nonprofit, but need right. to have that structure. And now that opens up all these doors. And I'm so glad that you've gotten this support for it because you really deserve it. The, the amount of the amount of work, I can't even imagine the amount of thinking. Leonardo, you have a big brain. Uh, the amount of thinking <laughs> that, that gets this structured, you know, if, if anyone can get their hands on this uh, armory book, it's uh, and think that you, you know, oversaw all of it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, it's just, it's just, yeah. <laughs> It's a lot. So well, you know what? I mean, the two things. One is that I've always had amazing, willing collaborators. I've I've yeah. built a lot of an incredible amount of goodwill through all this work I've done, and now with the support of the Emerge program, I feel like I can again re- regain the focus around the the conceptualizing the you know the pieces that I love, which is all the big ideas, the thinking, the thematics, the the concepts around how I want to continue to build the project. And then the the mechanical, the operational is sort of, you know, it's sort of under the tent of the Emerge program. So that that really helps a whole lot. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's talk just briefly about um, 
I want to talk briefly about my experience of being at the workshop uh, that I came to because it really was special. And then we could mm -hmm. briefly talk about Talleres Publicos, which mm -hmm. was a monthly series over three or three months, I think. Or three months, months, yeah, months, three months, yeah. Over three, a weekly, I'm sorry, weekly mm -hmm. workshop held at the Pacoima uh, City Hall weekly mm -hmm. for three months, and you brought in many different artists. And in this series, it was more about hands-on uh, engagement Correct. with yep. the community. And you had collage workshops and uh, different kinds, and print. you just did a printmaking workshop. And mm -hmm. I came to um, a, uh, a workshop led by a wonderful artist who I, I really have followed for a while. I was so excited to be there, mm -hmm. Tania Bruguera. Tania Aguiniga. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's wrong, wrong Tanya. And she is a fiber artist. She did a yep. workshop of that called Community Felting. So mm -hmm. as a participant, I was there, and what we did is she had us felt, put um, the process of making felt, put wet you know, wool on our hands, and then connect with someone else next to us as we had to kind of physically touch each other's arms and hands to kind of mat down the felt. So it was this concept of kind of creating something, literally physically connecting to another person in the community, mm -hmm. And then you made a, an object, you made an object, which was your own, you know, arm and hand, everybody mm -hmm. did. And then that's, and then she um, is using all of those for a broader project uh, exhibition that she's going to be doing. And I just thought it was a wonderful kind of like a literal physical manifestation of what you are doing Mm -hmm. that bring people together and and here and I live I live in Burbank I went out to mm -hmm. Pacoima you brought me out to Pacoima I'd never yeah. been actually out to the city hall mm -hmm. um and so I you know to go out there alone like I went you know I traversed the city of Los Angeles you know mm -hmm. to go to Pacoima which is a very interesting neighborhood with its own ethnicity and culture mm -hmm. and there's actually a lot of uh, artistic vibrancy there there's a lot of mm -hmm. wonderful murals there's a whole mural culture out there I know of I do know of a, a collaborative that works out in that area right. that I've been, uh, but I, you know, but so I, so I'm just like, as a, a participant, I went out to Pacoima to experience that alone and then, mm -hmm. you know, worked with others that I had never met and mm -hmm. physically touched others I had met. I then, and then we all made friends and we were all, you know, kind of, mm -hmm. was, uh, you know, small, relatively small group. And we all ended up discussing and having conversation and it was just a wonderful experience, and I was so happy that I got to participate in that. So thank you. Great, <laughs> great, great. And I have, so my, glad, yeah. my, I have my hand on my shelf over there. I, <laughs> I, I can see it. Um, so it was a wonderful thing that um, that I got to, you know, experience this because that was actually my first time, you know, experiencing a big city forum thing. Mm -hmm. um, so I just wanted to talk about my experience with that because I because it was meaning it was very meaningful for me. So, but let's talk. Let's shift now to just talk a little bit about that series of workshops, just kind of so that the audience understands what it was and it just the series just ended and you culminated in an event that I wanted to go to but didn't get to. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. And then we'll just talk a little bit about the next steps for uh, for you. And then our time is up. I mean, we could probably do an hour together easily. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, well, um, so this, you know, 
the Toyota's Publicos project, Publicos project is, is, you know, I think it's a, it's a seminal project for me because it's really, I think it's the blueprint for what, how I want Big City Forum to function in the years to come. Um, I think w- what happens in that project was that through this grant from the Department of Cultural Affairs, um, I was able to approach uh, a local, you know, this uh, council member, uh, Felipe Fuentes, who oversees Council District 7 in LA, which is the communities of Silmar, San Fernando, San Valley, and and Pacoima. And I was able to to sort of work with them to find a a space for collaboration to say, I want to bring a group of designers, um, artists, uh, creative makers uh, to work community and to engage your community. So they were very open. The the council member's office was very open. And they gave me a site uh, to work with in this community space at the Pacoima City Hall. We were able to program basically every weekend from October through December uh, and to bring multiple artists and designers such as Tania Aguiniga to, for, you know, and the, their task was to, you know, create a, an engagement piece, a workshop that you'll be able to kind of, you know, do something that, that engages people at the most human level, which is making something and which is also sharing stories and making, making, creating culture together. So um, that was, you know, it's a very fulfilling project because it's really from the concept to the actual um, actualization of it. Um, I feel like it's got all the pieces um, that I would want Big City Forum to do from now on. And it's, you know, in that sense to identify communities that maybe might be a little bit outside of the radar or are underserved or lack the resources um, and create a shared project by bringing artists that begins to kind of maybe till the soil and plant some seeds for engagement. Um, that sort of builds and builds. And, you know, my hope with the Pacoima project, even though the funding allowed, you know, for a three-month sort of residency, is that through the relationships that I have built at the, you know, kind of at the uh, sort of at the local politics, political level um, that we're able to continue funding that, finding the resources, finding opportunities, uh, getting other grants to continue to have a a presence there in that community uh, through this type of programming. So, yeah. That would be great. great. So instead of a kind of nomadic, I mean, three months is a long, it's pretty long engagement for a kind of thing like this, but if it could continue on, of course, that even makes deeper, richer, deeper roots Absolutely. Absolutely. And so um, do you have, do you have, um, is there, is there, are you just taking a deep breath from <laughs> that, that series yeah, or, or yeah. do you already have plans for kind of something that is, you know, even announceable about it? Just kind of what? Um, no, I think, you know, let, the let main. It take you or take you. Yeah, the main piece is that, you know, I think in, um, probably take a, you know, use a window of two months or so to just, kind of breathe and come up for air and then, um, you know, use that time to kind of strategize um, Mm -hmm. and then look for, I mean, other opportunities. I do, I think the main focus right now for this coming year is to really find some, some longer term funding, some more substantial funding that will kind of be able to maintain uh, these the project in Pacoima, as well as to, you know, see other opportunities if there are other communities, you know, to again uh, run this parallel piece. Uh, the other piece though, that I'm super interested in, and which will be starting sometime in, in late February, 
is the opportunity to kind of bring the same model of you know this wealth of uh, creative ideas and 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 um, practitioners uh, to interact with public schools. So we I'm going to, I'm going I'm going to pilot a a high school project uh, here in Los Angeles um, at a you know at a, at a school near downtown LA to work with a group of ninth graders in which they're going to work with an urban planner and designer, a photojournalist, uh, a writer, poet, and a graphic designer to do this kind of research about place, about their communities, about their neighborhoods, to get smarter about it, to develop tools around you know developing their own sense of agency and advocacy about. Th- you know how important their neighborhoods are, and then to f- that's going to culminate in a in a sort of banner poster that school, that students will be designing that will have include the content of their research, which will be written pieces. It will be interviews with community members. It will be you know um, a photography series, so on and so forth. So I'm Does super really excited about. I bet you are because it really brings it full circle for you in terms right, of absolutely. another you got it. of you all got it. your interests yep. because you've been so yeah. engaged in teaching in public schools and the high yep. school. So it makes a perfect uh, kind of well, not circle, but just yeah. that's I, I'm, I'm excited for you. Well, this has <laughs> been you. such an interesting conversation, Leonardo. I, of course, you know I'm a big fan of what you do, and I hope that this episode helps others become a big fan of uh, Big City Forum. And I hope that they engage with you. Um, obviously, you have a Facebook page, you have a blog spot right. uh, page, and um, and they can. And, and I'm not sure if you have an actual formalized website yet. Not sure, I'm not but, yet, and that's that's no, another that's okay. piece that's coming this year. Yeah, another piece, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, but in the meantime, you have a great blog spot, uh, yeah. blog, and like I said, Facebook, you do a lot of promo there. So please, uh, audience members, find Big City Forum through those means and follow them and engage with the programs because I have, and I, I was very enriched by them, and I will be uh, trying to attend whatever I can that you do, Leonardo. So thank you so much for being a guest on our show. Thank you for the support, Cara. I truly appreciate it. This has been You're wonderful. You're welcome. Okay. Thanks. Take care. Bye-bye. And this has been a Just Do It episode. Uh, the podcast is brought to you by Just Inc. That's G-Y-S-T dash I-N-K. We are an artist-run company that provides information and technology solutions created by artists and for artists. Our website, justinc.com, you can have access to hundreds of pages of free information on everything you need to know about the business of art. So please follow us as well and listen again to Just Do It. I'm your host, Kara Tomei, signing off. Hi, I'm a helpful Southern California Honda person, and recently we've been doing random acts of helpfulness, like sending a kid to basketball camp and helping a family with gas for their son's frequent hospital visits. And during the Honda Summerbration sales event, we can help you with a great deal because right now we're clearing out the 2017s, like the Accord, a 2017 car and driver 10 best, a record 31 times. Click the dealer locator link to find a dealer near you and go to SoCalHondaDealers.com to suggest a random act of helpfulness for someone you know. Car and driver January 2017.